Made fresh daily in Lemert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Following that conversation with Maxine Waters, the uh, former chair of the Financial Services Committee in the House, now the ranking Democrat on that committee, we move to a uh, a noted economist, MIT-trained economist, distinguished economist, Dr. Julianne Malvold, who joins us now for a conversation on how black people are faring in this current economy, uh, where gas prices are once again pushing up inflation, and to talk about how black folk have historically managed to survive and thrive in good times and not so good times. If you're in the Southern California area, I'll tell you where you can see uh, Dr. Malvo this weekend. Uh, but for now, let me welcome her back to this program. Dr. Malvo, how are you today? I am wonderful, Tavis. How are you? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing well and uh, always delighted to be um, in dialogue with you. Let me pick up where I just left off with uh, Maxine Waters. Um, literally, while I was talking to her, a new poll just dropped uh, and came across my desk here on the air. Um, and the, the headline is that Americans don't don't laugh, don't laugh, but Americans trust Trump more than Biden to make the economy better by an 11 point margin. This is a new poll from USA Today, credible outlet, of course. USA Today, along with uh, Suffolk University Sawyer Business School, uh, and this poll again just published suggests that uh, Americans. Trust Trump more than Biden um, by 11 points to make the economy better. I asked Maxine Waters what she thought about it, uh, and I asked her how ridiculous she thought it was. She said, Tavis, is more than just ridiculous uh, for her. She said, it's painful. This is painful um, to, to see this kind of ignorance on display. So that's what Maxine Waters has to say. What does uh, Julianne Malveaux have to say? Hey, well, I'm with Max on that one. Auntie got it right. This is it's beyond painful, however— Let's put a couple footnotes on this. Number one, the Biden administration does a very poor job of PR. They do not toot their horn as well as they should. When we look at the numbers, inflation is down. We're like at 1.2% inflation, as opposed to this time last year was 8.2, Tavis. Mm. So it has been coming down, coming down, coming down. But Americans don't necessarily look at the big picture. They look at what hit them on their pocketbook today. So if you went to the gas station a week ago and you went back today, your gas prices are up. Mm-hmm. So you're mad. If you went to buy some eggs and the egg prices have gone up, you're mad. You're not looking at all your prices. Some of your prices have gone down. But what comes out of your pocket today, what you have to go, you know, go in your pocket and get your credit card or get a piece of cash for, has gone up. And so people are upset about that. But they forget that under Trump, inflation was rising. They forget that because people, too many people, that's why Maxine is so right, Congressman Ward is so right, tunnel vision, ignorance, um, just looking at the small picture. That's what got got, got us that orange man in the first place, Mm -hmm. looking at the small picture. They didn't like Hillary. Well, she's not coming to your house. She's not going to cook you dinner. You don't have to like her. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see what we got because they didn't like Hillary. So now when you look at the economy, people who trust Trump more are really saying they don't like what's going on now and they can't get their hands around it. Yeah. When, but, when, I'm sorry. When, when, you, when you say that uh, the, the Biden administration does a poor job of tooting its own horn, everywhere I look these days, I see them talking about Bidenomics. I mean, they, they, they are pushing out this Bidenomics. That they, they've even named it after him. Yeah, but what does it mean to anyone? Yeah. You start calling it Bidenomics. You're not saying this is here's what they have to say to me. This is what we did. If your mama has diabetes and you were paying a hundred dollars for insulin shot and now you're paying thirty five, you have had relief. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that they they're not breaking it down. People do not want high level um, theory. Yeah, they want what's going on at my kitchen table, out of my pocketbook. They don't want you know you to be soaring great about this and that. They want to know what have you done for me lately. And too many people, too many in the Biden administration. I mean, I love Kareen. I think she's terrific. Um, but I think that she too often does not put it out there. And she's not the only one. He's got a council of economic advisors. Those are all really smart people. I know a lot of them. They need to be out on the hustings. I mean, he has not utilized his posse as well as he might. And he's paying for it with these polls. Yeah. Let me give you some more numbers from this poll. Uh, I'm not really a numbers person. Uh, I don't like to give too many numbers, but I think a couple of these are, are, are instructive and informative. First of all, the question they asked in this poll, uh, Julianne, the question was thinking about improving the economy. Who do you trust more? President Joe Biden, or former President Donald Trump to improve the economy. That's the question they asked that leads to an 11 point margin. Uh, uh, Americans feel that uh, Trump is better than Biden um, to to steward the economy. So that was the question they asked. But there are a couple of numbers I want to throw at you right quick. Seventy percent of Americans in this poll say they feel the economy is getting worse. Seventy percent say they feel the economy is getting worse. Never mind all that Joe Biden has done to steward this economy in the ways that you just described. But still, 70 percent say they feel that it's getting worse. Eighty four percent of Americans say their cost of living is rising uh and uh, just less than half or 49 percent say they see their cost of living rising the most in food prices with housing costs in second uh and um it goes on from there so these numbers i just shared some of this um, you know underscores what you've just said not, not which is to say that it's not about what the white house is saying it's about what people are feeling but here's where i get lost when what people are feeling is directly different than what the White House is saying based on the data. Well, again, I don't think that the average American looks at overall inflation. Right. They look like at what is inflation doing to me? Like I said, if the last week you went to the grocery store and you spent 100 bucks for your groceries, this week you go and you spend 103 Even that's just 3%. That's still mm-hmm. three more dollars. Sure. You're paying attention to that. You know, I bought $100 worth of groceries last week. Now I have to spend more money. Um, if your school lunches go up a little bit, you're looking at that. I mean, and many of these things are very micro. They're small things, but they're not small when you're on a tight budget. And yeah. here's what we know. We know that uh, there are so many Americans who are on tight budgets. We know that there are many, like the auto workers, the big strike going on there, the auto workers who essentially – um, are asking for a 40% pay increase over a four-year period, so 10% a year. And um, Ford especially is coming back and saying, oh, hell no. But these folks gave money back in 2008 when the automobile industry was in crisis. Mm-hmm. So these are people who are looking at, I mean, they're not broke. Auto workers pay are paid well, many of them, not the part-time workers. Um, but it, they're looking and saying, I see stuff going up, but nothing is going up for me. Yeah. And when we look at wages, wages have not, they've gone up a little bit, but they haven't gone up enough. And so people are feeling a bit squeezed. The other thing we see happening is that predatory capitalism is thriving, which is why we see all these strikes around the country. Mm-hmm. You know, happens in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we just averted the strike with UPS. We're looking at auto strike. We're looking at a couple others around the country. 
workers are clawing back because of just these very numbers. But what they forget is they think that it's bad now. But what is that song? If you think you're lonely now, wait yeah. until tonight. Yeah. Elect Trump and yeah. find out what he does for you. Yep. How do you, let me ask you right quick and we'll move forward here. Um, how concerned are you? How scared are you, though, that numbers like this, if, and I say numbers, I'm talking about this poll, if we keep seeing poll numbers like this and people can poo-poo polls all day long, I get tired of them myself. But if you keep seeing polls like this that suggest that people think Trump would be better on the economy than Biden, assuming that he's the presumptive nominee, this does open a door, does it not? A door for Trump, I mean. It absolutely does. No, yeah. it absolutely does. And, and we, we, so let's, let's, if you break it down electorally, a third of all Republicans are hardline Trump. Like he said, he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. They still vote for him. A third of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a third of them are probably in, eh, but they don't see a better alternative. And these kind of numbers tilt them toward Trump. And those in the middle... They could go either way. But again, when they're looking at the economy and the economy only, yeah. not out here, other things, then they say, well, he may do a better job. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has not done their work. Yeah. They have not yeah. done their work. And putting out, they've done their work. I mean, there's so many things they've done. I mean, just so many positive things. Right. But they don't sell it. Yeah. Let me let me uh, let me let me come to that when we um, uh, move forward here. Um, but this is my this is my this is my concern. I just want to underscore this right quick. This is my concern that if these numbers again keep suggesting that Americans think that Trump would be better on the economy than Joe Biden, that is a real problem. It does, in fact, open a door for Donald Trump. You heard Malvo say earlier, and I agree, Doctor Malvo, that Americans always vote their pocketbook interest, and if they think that this guy is better than that guy in stewarding the economy in their household. You got a real fight on your hand. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. So Dr. Malvo, you raised this earlier, and I want to come back to this right quick here. Um, there are a number of strikes underway, as we know, um, in Hollywood, where I sit right now in Los Angeles and across the country. Uh, we averted narrowly a strike at UPS, but there are... Uh, we'll know the next 48 hours, uh, next 24 hours, in fact, uh, whether or not a number of uh, unions go on strike uh, in the auto industry, uh, and it looks like they will. So across the country, in a variety of fields, uh, a variety of uh, disciplines, uh, work disciplines, uh, uh, labor arenas, people have had enough, and they are going on strike. How do, how do you read that? Because I'm, I'm trying to recall the last time I've seen this many people. You know, Dr. King used to always say that when you straighten your back, you're going somewhere because folk can only ride your back if it's bent. And I see a lot of folk, uh, a lot of labor workers starting to straighten up their backs. How are you reading that in this in this American moment? I think it's a good thing uh, from a political level and a activist level. I think it's a bad thing for the economy. But that's always going to be the tension. I mean, when we look at auto, auto represents roughly just the auto workers with the three unions roughly 4% of the labor force. The way that the UAW is approaching this is they're not going to go on a general strike. They're talking about they're going to strategically have locational strikes. Mm -hmm. They have $825 million in their strike fund. If people go on strike, they usually pay them like $500 a week. They could sustain a three-month strike for everybody. Mm. Three months. That's a huge stick to carry. They've, they've, they've got a lot uh, that they have going for themselves. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, the auto industry has the opportunity 
if they don't come back to work, to lock them out, which is also a uh, tool. I, but, but I think what's exciting about it is for the longest time, I mean, really since Ronald Reagan, who was a strike breaker, um, labor has been a little timid. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my colleague Richard Trumka, who was the head of the AFL-CIO sure. and, and a dear friend, and I remember him talking about just resilience. For workers, but workers are scurred. We just talked about, you know, prices rising. So who, when prices are rising, says, well, gee, I'm going to go on strike. I'm not going to have any money. Yeah. Because the 500 a week they get is a fraction of what they would be earning. Yeah. But um, it's an exciting time for me because I like to see labor with a backbone. Mm-hmm. The only way we do better is when labor goes out there. When a black man is in a union, he's making a third more than a black man who is not in a union. When a black woman is in a union, she's making 25% more than a black woman who is not in a union. Yeah, those numbers are real. Those numbers are real. Um, Dr. Julia uh, Malvo, if you're in Southern California, um, tomorrow, Friday the 15th, 5 to 7 p.m., you can see her at um, Catula uh, by Africana, a bookstore here in L.A. Catula by Africana. That's Friday, September the 15th, 5 to 7. Tell you more about that when we come forward in our remaining moments with her. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley, Tavis Smiley, ranked number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Sounds different, huh? This is Tavis Smiley. Got a few minutes left for Dr. Julianne Malvo, noted economist. Again, if you're in the Southern California area on tomorrow, Friday, the 15th of September, 5 to 7 p.m., she'll be at the African Goods Store, uh, Katula by Africana, signing her latest book. Uh, it's called Surviving and Thriving, 365 Facts in Black Economic History, the second edition. Um, what do you make of the historic way, the unique ways that black folk have uh, survived and thrived down through the years, Dr. Malvo? You know, Tavis, we have been resilient despite all odds. There have been laws passed to prevent us from accumulating. And I'm working on this is a reprint of an old book, was 2010, with a new foreword uh, by me and an intro by uh, Roland Martin. And it's exciting. The facts uh, do not change. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am working on a new book called Lynching, The Wealth Gap and Reparations. And doing the research on lynching, you know, it's, it's so painful. But what we see is the systematic ways that the illusion of white supremacy, please use the word illusion before you say white supremacy, Mm -hmm. but the illusion of white supremacy and the legally enforced racial hierarchy prevented us from accumulating. A man was lynched because he refused to leave his land. A man was lynched because they said he was black and arrogant and wealthy. So he was lynched. I mean, so when you have that happening psychologically, a lot of people say, hey, I'm not going to accumulate. Or as one man, I found a quote where he said, I had to make a choice between my land and my life. Mm. And so I left Arkansas. I had to make a choice between my land and my life. So brothers and sisters who have worked their whole lives, these sundown towns, but we have them here in California too. Sundown towns, you've got to get out of town by the end of the day. When you left, you left all your stuff. Yep. So, uh, so on one hand, we are resilient people. On the other hand, we have prevailed against all odds. And so surviving and thriving, in my mind, I told people when I wrote it back in 2010, it's a love note to my people. I want us to know how resilient we are, how phenomenal we are. 
It is called, once again, Surviving and Thriving. It's the second edition, 365 Facts in Black Economic History. Uh, Tomorrow, again, if you're in Southern California, check her out at uh, Katula by Africana, a beautiful African goods store, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. on the 15th tomorrow. Dr. Malvo, good to have you on. What a great hour with you and uh, Maxine Waters talking about economic policy in this country. Uh, but this uh, this data is disturbing, and we'll we'll keep talking about why Donald Trump is not <laughs> better for this country on the economy. <laughs> I digress for now. Have a great signing tomorrow, and uh, thank you for the time. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Good to have you on.